and welcome back to this week's edition of the Psychology of Success podcast. My name is Caden Terry, and I'm a student at Desert Hills High School. And this is my podcast where I go around every week interviewing the top entrepreneurs and leaders in the state of Utah. This week, I have the opportunity to sit down with Hunter Manns. Hunter is the founder of Eden Technologies, and he has come up with a desalination process and has a patent for it. And he actually just raised $100,000 in his first round of investment. And actually, in a, a couple weeks from now, he's traveling with the governor of Utah. This is crazy. The governor of Utah to Saudi Arabia to meet with the country's leaders about using Hunter's technology that he created. So he has a super big idea and an up-and-coming company, and I feel like he's going to do really big things. So let's jump right into it. All right, Hunter. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so tell me more about yourself. Um, so I, I kind of I can explain my, my journey here to DSU. I think that'll explain myself the best. But um, I uh, kind of started everything I'm working on right now when I was pretty young. I was about 14. Um, I kind of was sitting in my biology class one day and I heard a problem about water scarcity. We watched a video about it. And I guess this kind of shows my personality the most because when I was watching it, I was a very cocky person. I was like, I think I can figure this thing out, which was, which was a f- funny thing for somebody my age to try to say. But it got a lot of laughs. But uh, nonetheless, I, I persisted through it for many years. And the four years leading up to coming to DSU, um, we finally, I finally stumbled across a, uh, an idea that could work. And I was deciding on where to go, and Wayne Provost, he um, told me to, to come to DSU. And um, the plaza wasn't even built yet, so I was like, oh, well, this is the main attraction I'm going for, and it's uh-huh. not built. But I was like, all right, I'll go. I don't care. So I went and showed up, and luckily the place turned out great. And um, ever since I've been working on the technology that we're working on here today, and it's going really well. And the faculty and staff and students and community here have been great. And um, so, yeah, that's the... It's the main gist. I guess I'm somebody who likes to take risks, but I'm also a nerd, so I'll just persist with nerd problems for a while. <laughs> uh-huh, try and figure things out. With yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for the listeners that don't know, um, Hunter has this company here at the Innovation Plaza at Dixie State University. Mm-hmm. And I've talked about it in past episodes. It's how would you explain the plaza? Yeah, so the, the plaza is a place where people can come with their ideas and if they take advantage of the opportunities right, they can prototype their their ideas and they can get the right business development help and so forth. Um, but you know, the the lot of people that they have to understand is when they go to the plaza um, and they want to do a new company and they want to work on something truly, you know, that they're interested in, they have to understand that um, they're going to have to work extremely hard on the project because. Um, the people here are extremely busy because they have so many projects going on. So that's the main advice I could give to entrepreneurs coming here is you have all the resources here that you could need, but you need to be able to show to the, the people here that you're somebody who takes it seriously and is 
working very hard and that that's the main secret if, if you can do that which i'm sure all your listeners can then they're going to find tremendous success when they come here so good mm-hmm. yeah and the pause has been great for me because i've been able to do interviews here in this room the podcast room and it's been mm-hmm. awesome they let me use it free charge and it's been awesome <laughs> to meet new people you know it's very official <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh yeah i still need to learn how to use all this sound system but mm-hmm. right now i just plug in the mic to my phone and it, it works it's so yep so tell me more about your company, what it's called, and what exactly your invention is. Yeah, so the company's called Eden Technologies, and we are focused right now on revolutionizing the desalination space, which is desalination is the process of taking salt water, ocean water, and turning it into fresh water. And when I was trying to identify the solution for water scarcity, went through all kinds of different processes and tried to see what, you know, what could work and what couldn't. And Desalination obviously can create fresh water from the ocean, and the ocean's, you know, most of our planet, so it'd be pretty cool. But the I, I kind of identified the problems with it, and um, a lot of the inefficiencies and so forth, and developed a um, new kind of technology. And luckily, with my co-founder Zach Manweiler, we were able to not die in that process of experimenting and so forth. And now we think we have a technology that's going to revolutionize that space in regards to efficiency and maintenance and um, Eden is soon hopefully going to be branching out into other areas of water just regular water treatment to wastewater treatment to humanitarian and military applications so hopefully we can do that but it's it's a lot of we have we're very ambitious so we'll see what happens. (laughs) <laughs> so how exactly does your prototype work? Is it a prototype or is it the final product? Or? Um, yeah, so right now we're building a 36-gallon-per-minute system in our warehouse. We're going to be assembling and testing here coming up. And um, it, this is like a final proof of concept for it. We've done smaller units. But the reason why we're doing this unit is I reached out to um, my textbook author on desalination, uh, Nikolai Vuchka, who I was lucky enough to actually talk to. And, um, he kind of gave me some guidance, and he, been a, he set me up with some of the people in Saudi Arabia that the Saline Water Conversion Corporation, they handle all their water, and, just, and they get like 70% of their water through desalination. So wow. when he heard what we had, they were super interested. So they kind of said, in order to fund it to the next step, we just need one larger proof of concept. And they wanted just 10-gallon per minute system, and we went up to 36 just to you know, ease any concerns. And then um, Israel and the UAE, they're both people that wanted to see that. So, um, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's what, that's why we're building this system. But the final two systems will probably be a thousand gallon per minute system for the large water treatment desalination plants. Cause that's countries just depend on these for their water. So you have to be able to produce a lot. And so each unit should be able to do that. And then We'll probably do a 50 to 100 gallon per minute modular system um, for humanitarian stuff, for forward operating bases, for the military, hopefully, and um, all kinds of applications with that. But so those are the two units. But that's why we need to get this test going well, and um, which we feel very confident in, and make the right connections, and hopefully raise a lot of money to to finish that. So. 
So how did you feel? You mentioned the government of Saudi Arabia was interested in your product. How did you feel when you heard about that? I mean, did you ever think you'd get to that point? No, I, I didn't think so. That's, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Maggie. No, I, I totally did not expect that. You know, that's that's the one thing that I've really learned from this is, you know, it does take a lot of time and it's very frustrating. But if you really persist long enough in talking to people, you know, and you have a good idea, you just have to be careful not to, you know, tell them too much because they could steal it or something. But, you know, you can really get in touch with a lot of people that you never thought possible. So, but it was exciting. Yeah. So. Wow. And I think it was Colby Jenkins telling me that you're planning on traveling to Saudi Arabia with the governor yeah. of Utah. Yeah, it, if COVID doesn't mess us up, then that's the plan. So we'll be heading out to Saudi Arabia and the UAE. And then if, we're, if, if we can, I would, I would like to stop by um, Israel to talk to some of the people we know there. But we'll see. We're hoping to um, be able to do all of our final development here in St. George. Um, with the local resources here um, and hopefully people like Rick Atkin and Travis Segbo and so forth can can help us with that final push and which they're extremely great and competent people so if we can do that then we might not even need to go there but um, if we do then um, we're excited to go there nonetheless the only reason why we would prefer to stay here is just because um, when you go to a foreign country, you usually have less control of what you're doing, so it's nice to stay here. Mm-hmm. So, but, mm-hmm. so, how did you even get in touch with the governor of Utah? Yeah, no, it's. I talked to a member of Mike Lee's staff, Senator Mike Lee's staff, and he put me in touch with the Utah World Trade Center, which is an amazing organization. And um, they do um, trade missions, and um, you have to submit, and, and of course, um, win the the basically the grant, and they pay for the trip out there with, and you go with the governor and uh, try to make some uh, business contacts. And it's uh, state of Utah does it to expand trade and, and to grow the economy. So we're lucky enough to have the the great people there, especially Courtney Ray and so forth, help us with that. So. So tell me more about your first round of investments. You just raised a hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, and yeah, it was it was good. It's it's hundred grand goes by pretty fast, which was something that like oh, yeah. it was interesting. But um, <coughs> but no, it was cool. It was it was you know, it really helped. You know, we we were right when we were trying to raise money. That's when COVID hit. So it's like oh great. Um, and all the VC yeah. firms and investors, they said they're not going to invest until um, t- uh, January of 2021 and so mm. forth. And But we talked to some of the local people here and um, sh- showed them the technology. And somehow we were, uh, everybody we talked to wanted to get in on the project and, and gave us money to do it. And they've been really great ever since. And we're going to be raising another, hopefully, few hundred thousand dollar round here coming up hopefully um we'll see if we need it and then after that we got to try to raise a few million and see what happens after that but so wow so how has that process been have you had to get like evaluation on your business Mm -hmm. and the idea how did that work yes (laughs) you did your research but uh yeah so um yeah it's there's a whole process um and I'd be happy to talk to anybody about it that is going through it. But 
uh, yeah, you get a valuation on your company and, and, you know, depending on, you know, the investment size, of course, determines how much your investors will take. And there's, depending on what kind of structure you structure your company as, LLC, C Corporation, S Corp, there's all kinds of, you know, different situations with that and control investors have. But, you know, it was, it was a complicated thing. And luckily, um, Bob, Robert Mitchell here, um, last minute was able to help me with that. But um, it was not easy. The one thing people should know, too, is when you raise money, um, most likely it's going to be, if you can't bootstrap it yourself, it's going to be a lot in legal fees because to set it up properly. And at the time, we didn't have any money to do that. So I was at the plaza here like from like 8 a.m. to midnight for a few weeks trying to make sure I did everything right. But um, so far, it's worked, so we haven't had any problems. But the um, there's for valuation specifically, there's a lot of different metrics that they, they judge the worth of your company on. But so, but yeah, we had to get one. So cool. <laughs> um, so how have you protected your idea while you're going out to pitch your idea to yeah. investors? Yeah. Um, it, it depends on the type of investor, like the Middle East that actually, for people, an, an investor who knows your space well, you need to be very careful about, you need to be careful about everybody, but um, like a typical VC, venture capitalist firm, um, you have to be careful, but it's kind of, it's, they really do not like signing NDAs, it's re- because they talk to so many entrepreneurs every day, so if they're signing non-disclosure agreements every day, they're going to tie themselves in where they they don't even know they might have said something that they heard a year ago and now they're liable and they can get sued so um and they have a lot of money you know that can get taken from them so Mm -hmm. um just you know in in regards to locally if that you you can talk to people most people are willing to sign an nda and an nda is a non-disclosure agreement and that can protect you if you have an idea of course you can patent it but when you're talking when we're talking to people in israel and saudi arabia we didn't explain how the technology worked we just explained the capabilities and um, that's kind of how we've gotten around that so far um, but when we do if we do talk to them coming up um, then we'll have to have which we do some international NDAs in place and um, an interna- our international patent in place and so forth so but, good mm-hmm. um, let's see So how do you bounce? Are you still in college right now? Um, this is the first semester I actually took off, but um, I'm, I'm going to do next semester. I got to finish up some math, so I got to take a few math classes next semester, maybe Calc two or something like that. But um, I was for this whole time I was doing college, just up until recently, since I took in that investment amount. That was one of the deals was I had to be able to work on this full time, so I couldn't be going to school, but. Mm. Um, but now, since things are going really well, and they, that our investors know that I, I can juggle stuff, um, I'll be doing school probably next semester again. So. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So how's that been balancing the two, your company and school? Yeah, the company always takes priority, but you know, it's you know, education is extremely important, and um, you know, regardless of what happens, even if this thing could blow up, and it could be into a giant company that it could be. You know, I, I, I'm still adamant on going back to school, even if I have plenty of money where I don't have to ever work again. 
I still want to go back and get a physics degree and so forth because, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot, but, you know, and everybody always says it, but, you know, how powerful knowledge can be. Like, even a, like, this is a good example. Like, when we were putting together legal stuff for our fundraising round, like a $10 book online about, you know, like how to structure a corporation or something like that. Something that's super cheap and, you know, 150 pages can save you like a few hundred thousand dollars down the road. So it's so important to be as educated as you can. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I <laughs> but, agree. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of business, I feel like, is making sure you're always improving yourself. And oh, yeah. If, if you stop improving yourself and stop trying to take risks and new things, then you're done. You're not going to make it five, ten years down the line. Mm-hmm. So. So who is a part of your team at Eden mm-hmm. Technologies? So right now it's myself, Zach Manweiler, Rick Atkin, um, Robert Mitchell, Wayne Provost. Um, Colby is an advisor. Um, Nikolai, our, the textbook author, is an advisor. Um, we have an advisor from Suez, John Friedman, which is a larger company. Um, Stefan Proke, he helps with some sales. And he's, he's just kind of joined, and he's, he's been doing great. Um, and Kylan Kraus, he's um, one of our engineers, and he's been doing a great job. He just came on, and we're super happy with him. So our team is very rapidly growing for, for you know, a year or two. Yeah, a year, a little over a year. is just Zach and myself in Zach's garage. So now no finally, <laughs> finally we're getting people to help. and Good. And... And Travis Segmiller here, he's he's an he's he's a professor at the school. He does business law, and he's an incredible individual. And I know he's I we just started talking to him, so I I know he's excited about it. And he wants to, um, I want him to join, and I think he does. So I'm trying to persuade him <laughs> to do it. But um, he's just super busy. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that you're meeting with all these governments mm-hmm. back in the Middle East. And just from hearing that, I can tell this company and idea has a lot of potential. What's mm-hmm. your vision for Eden Technologies and where do you want to end up? Yeah, um, you know, every person who's running the comp- a company wants it to turn into a, you know, the giant corporation and so forth. But, um, you know, with our advisors and they, they've, they have lot of experience you know the people that graduated from Harvard and worked at Goldman Sachs and so forth they, they really know their stuff and with the that kind of leadership and molding it all together I really hope and they believe too that we could become a five to ten billion dollar company in the next five years maybe even more but um, you know that's that's where I would like to end up. And then from there, being able to either cash out or grow the company even more, I really think we can grow it to a, an insanely large company. But um, just, and that those, those the m- models we generate for that was based on just certain parts of desalination. And our technology seemed like it's getting better and better so we could go into other sectors and fields and so forth. But um, yeah, hopefully have a big enough company where, um, I can just use that money to do other projects and other do other technologies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that has a lot of applications, not just for countries, but like mm-hmm. anywhere really. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what other sectors could that be a part of? Um, there's wastewater treatment. There's um, treating um, 
specifically fracking and the oil industry, they have a lot of wastewater. Uh, so that's one industry we could wow. go into. Um, you know, regular water treatment's a huge industry we could go into. Salination, of course, we're already in. Anything in regards to treating water. Right now, I just we just got I just got back from a trip um, with Stefan in the Navajo Nation. So they have a lot of uranium in their water that's making it so they can't drink their water. So we're hoping to work with them and um, treat their water for them. And um, they just got a lot of money from the federal government, like seven hundred twelve million from the CARES Act. So no way know, yeah so we we're like and a small portion it's good of that, timing <laughs> yeah yeah it's great timing and a small portion of that is for for water infrastructure so um you know that that we kind of we heard we were researching stuff and we saw it for grants and so forth and we saw that in cares act and then uh, put it together that navajo nation was having these troubles so we were like oh well you know we want to help them so we'll go in and luckily you know they can pay for some of it now so it makes it even better so how close are you to like having your final product ready to go to where you can take that to the navajo nation or saudi mm-hmm. arabia yeah the what we would really need is we would need a multi-million dollar round of fundraising to finish that just because it's such a big engineering project and the cost alone to build the thousand gallon per minute system you know like the sale price for that would be like a million dollars on its own so and it's the first first one so it's it's probably it's easily be twice as much you know because there's going to you have to modify and exactly. test it so we have to raise a lot of money but which you know if things continue to go well we can do but that's the phase we need to be at we need to we need to raise that amount of money and then hopefully it would only take a, a year to develop it a little over a year and then we need to test it in saudi arabia or uae whoever wants to test it first or even here for six months and then we'd be at the phase where we have a good amount of credibility for that and um, we do our other secret business strategies there to to grow, try to grow the company really quickly so good mm-hmm. you know I was just thinking about me if I were in your position with this idea with so much potential mm-hmm. I'd it'd be exciting getting rounds of funding and stuff mm-hmm. but how has it felt almost giving up certain certain pieces oh, of the yeah. pie of your business has it been hard for you have you not wanted to do it like how have you overcome that yeah because that's how i'd feel no yeah and you know i you know i how i justify in my mind it's, it's the first company we're doing of course it could be a huge company but you know this is one thing that i a lot of pro- i see a lot of problems with here at the plaza is people come here and they say, oh, I'm not getting, that's like, I'm getting help, but I need more help. And I need, you know, I need people to basically engineer stuff for me and this and that. And they, and it's like, okay, well, can you pay them? And it's no. So it's like, okay, well, you have to compensate them somehow. So, you know, people have to not be afraid to give away equity, but they have, of course, they have to watch it very carefully, but it's always worthwhile to give away a little bit to, to progress, you know, because you know that building a team and being able to recruit people is going to make such a big difference in your companies but yeah no it's it's it was kind of difficult but um you know it's when COVID hit we couldn't really complain too much but i felt like we didn't give away too much during that round of fundraising so i I wasn't too unhappy so um you know i i don't know as long as you can keep 
for me, it's all about keeping control over the company. So for that, you should use 51% of the company. So um, how we're st I'm standing right now is I, you know, a small amount of fundraising, I'll be fine. And um, which we're doing, hopefully gonna do on a share note so that they actually won't take any equity in that. We just have to pay it back or else it turns into equity in like three to five years, which you should be able to do. Very oh, really? Well. I've never heard of doing that. That's, mm -hmm. that's a good... Yeah, there's point. all kinds of stuff you can do. There's convertible notes, there's share notes, there's straight equity rounds. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. But when you get into this world, you start, like into the world of, of, the, of when you're putting together fundraising stuff, like you start to find out more. And, but, um, and you can do a lot of it yourself. And I had to do it all myself and so far it's worked. And you can get a lot of stuff online. And um, what's it called? Um, y Combinator has a lot of legal agreements that are just free for that kind of stuff. So um, in regard to convertible notes and safe notes and share notes. But um, so that, that was, that's really great. But yeah, no, I, the next bigger round of fundraising, I should be good. But it's all, yeah, to sum up the question. So it, I feel fine giving away. I just want to be able to keep making the decisions for the company. So, yeah. <laughs> So before these last two questions, I just want to let you know that I'm excited to see where this company ends well, up. You know, you. I didn't realize how big of an idea this is and how much potential it has. So I expect you to do big <laughs> things five years down the road. And well, we hope so. You never know what could happen, but we're we're right now we're doing good, which is which is nice. For for many years, it was not doing so good so. even when you're putting in those long hours like you said 8 a.m yeah. to midnight here at the plaza you might not see results at first oh, yeah. but now you're starting to yeah no that's it was like that for a long time and and doing you know doing that monday through friday and then doing that over the weekend you know seven days a week you know it's you know that's that's the big thing is you you know it's so, so far it's been worth it but you know if when you do these kind of projects you'll see that you know there's times where you're like oh like you know i'm working this hard and you know there doesn't seem like there's a light at the end of the tunnel but usually if you keep going long enough you'll 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 find it so but how can my listeners reach out and support you and eden technologies yeah uh we're doing we have our website that is almost done it's edentechinc.com um e-d-n-t-e-c-h inc.com i just finished making it so it's not i i still have to do fix a few things but um there's some contact information there and then people can feel free to reach out to me if they have questions about their companies and stuff and because you know if i wish i wish there was people that were able to help me with a lot of stuff it would have saved me a lot of time so you know i'm happy to help your listeners in any way possible so Right. Well, I appreciate that. So last two questions. If we could hop in a time machine right now and travel to any time in your life and you could tell yourself anything, where would you go and what would you say? Um, hindsight's twenty twenty, but um, I would have gone back in high school freshman year and um, taken math and stuff more seriously. <laughs> but um, Why is that? Um, I just... I totally did not expect to take this road. I was just like, you know, I, I would come home and, you know, my dad's a business guy, but, you know, he would be like, you know, I don't know why you don't need the math. Don't worry. You don't need to know math. He's like, I don't know math. I'm fine. But um, he's like, I make it. But 
So I kind of had that mentality for a, a while. And um, I always liked science, but, you know, it was just something like that was a hobby. And, like, I wish I could have taken it a little bit more seriously, but I just didn't know this is something I'd end up doing. So I, I didn't know I was going to go into engineering until the end of senior year or so. Once I heard you needed to be a very smart person, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm ready> <laughs> this is going to be hard. Now. Yeah. But, yeah. So that, that's the main thing. And also to take more risks, too. That's something I I would have told myself, but um, but luckily, um, you know, senior year and ever since then I've been taking a, a lot of risks more than I should have. So, but but, but taking risks works. So yeah, oh yeah. So you can pres- prescribe anything to the entire world, and they have to do it for thirty days. What do you tell them to do? Uh, that's a hard question, but I, I think for people that want to be involved in entrepreneurship, it really would be, um, especially starting out when you want to invent stuff, which is something, you know, if you have something that's novel, like a, a novel approach on something, that's going to make your job, you know, in the business world so much easier, you know. It's hard to sell something that everybody else is selling, you know. So if you have something that's even slightly novel, then that's great, and that's where you can really start to get ahead. So I would I would probably prescribe people to, you know, when they're doing their daily life, if there's something that takes a little bit extra time, you know, or something that, you know, even, I don't know, even curling their hair or something like that, that, that they wish, you know, was a certain, a, in a, there was some kind of thing that made it easier and they, for a split second, they think about something like, oh, maybe doing it this way would be easier or um, just that inventive mindset because there's plenty of ideas that flow through people's head you know when if they're actually paying attention like oh this this is like if like with grubhub or something like that like i want to be able to have an app that brings me food you know i don't want to have to drive out and go get it like something like that just like i want to be able to do that writing that down and then you know I mean, you can talk to a few friends and people you trust but a lot of people when you're starting stuff especially with my thing even friends and family are going to probably tell you that it's not going to work so but just writing stuff down you know especially with small things that can lead into a invention that they could base a business around so that'd be one thing 